Hello and welcome to Inside Music, episode number 56. I'm your host, James Shoutwall, and I'm going to tell you right off the top, this episode is a little different than the ones we've had as of late. Since the beginning of the year and a little bit before, you may have noticed a theme of established artists or industry professionals coming on the show to plug whatever is new in their lives or whatever is changing about their careers. And while I enjoy doing that, and we will no doubt do a lot of that in the future, I wanted to turn the tables just a bit for a week and take a look at somebody who's still trying to establish themselves and the work that it takes to do that, especially in the current music industry climate. So I called my friend Jan Powers. Now, I know some of you may know the name, but most of you probably don't, and that's okay. As I said, Jan is still trying to make it. Jan started his career in Iowa, a very unlikely place, and he found his way into the industry through selling merch, which is a pretty easy gateway if you know the right people. Jan worked with bands like Sparks the Rescue and Danger Kids and eventually segued into the world of artist management, which he has kind of made his home. Jan and I talk a lot about his early days in music in this episode, but we spend the bulk of our time talking about the world of artist management, how he got into it, and what he feels his duties are as an artist manager today. We also talk a lot about what he expects from his talent, the type of artist he goes after, where he finds them, and what lets him, what are kind of indicators he looks for to see whether or not an artist has what it takes to quote unquote make it. Jan and I discuss all of this in about 40 minutes, so it's a little bit condensed compared to our other episodes, but I think he provides a lot of insight that could be helpful both for aspiring professionals interested in a career in management, as well as musicians wondering if management is right for them at this point in their career. I do want to warn you up front, however, that this is possibly the most explicit episode of Inside Music to date, and by that I don't mean that we get violent or sexual in any way, but there are some four-letter words thrown around, probably 20-ish if I was counting. So this is probably not an episode of Inside Music I would play for my mother or my father and especially not my grandmother. But most people I know who work in music are completely okay with profanity to some level, so I don't expect anyone to get too offended. If you are, just turn it off, listen to an archive episode. There are 55 other episodes of Inside Music you could enjoy, or just wait for next week's episode. It's going to be a really good one, but I feel like I should let you know because some episodes as of late have had some religious artists and some other people that you know maybe weren't so inclined to potentially swear at all. This episode is different. There is profanity from beginning to end. And I just wanted to give you that heads up. If you if you don't want to listen, I won't take offense, but it is it is worth your time. That said, uh, let's look to the future real quick. Inside Music has been tweeting a lot about our upcoming guests, and I figured I might as well spit them here in case you still aren't following us at Inside Music Pod on Twitter. That's at Inside Music P-O-D. Upcoming guests for the show include Tooth Grinder, whose new album comes out at the end of January. They're going to be on the show next week. We have Nick Martin from Sleeping With Sirens, Underminded, Drugs, and you know a little work with the band Shiotos. He's going to be on the show the week after that, and after that... We're looking to have Scott Russo from Unwritten Law. So those are the next three weeks for us. We actually have guests scheduled all the way through the middle of March right now, but I don't want to give away too many surprises until we actually get the episodes recorded and locked in. Things change all the time. I don't want to get your hopes up. I don't want to get my hopes up. Uh, a few other things, a few other announcements. Holix is headed to South by Southwest this year. If you're going to be in Austin from... March 15th to 20th, please look us up at Inside Music Pod on Twitter again. We will uh, we'll be recording some episodes while down there. We won't be doing any live events or anything like that, but we, we will be on the ground. Me, James, personally, will be there. 
And uh, we have a panel that Friday for Holics on digital piracy. Please make it a point to attend. We're also going to be at the Launch Music Conference in April in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. You can find more information about that and the band's playing. I think Bayside is on the list this year. You can find more information about that at launchmusicconference.com. So those are the next two places Holics is going to be found, which means that's the next two places I'm going to be found this spring. But there are other dates getting scheduled all the time, so please keep checking back as I'll be making more announcements in future episodes of the podcast. Let's see. I've talked about the Twitter. I've talked about our upcoming guests. I've talked about South by Southwest. I I think that's everything. I think that's everything this week. Uh, I do want to say that the sponsor for this week's episode is Holix, the music industry's number one digital promotional distribution platform. Whether you're looking to get your music in front of the press or you need a little help fighting piracy, Holix has the tools you need. For more information on Holix and access to a free 30-day trial, you can visit www.holix.com. That's www.h-a-u-l-i-x.com. Now I'm going to play a little bit of music from a band called Before the Streetlight. So it's just one of the bands Jan manages and he discusses that length in the episode. And then we're going to get to the conversation. Again, thank you so much for listening. We have a lot of exciting things on the horizon and I think you're going to love it. So keep up with us on Twitter again at inside music pod and keep following the blog holicsdaily.com and we'll keep making shows as long as you keep listening we'll keep making them. And I think that's everything. So I'm going to play that music that I talked about a second ago and we'll get to the conversation. Thank you so much. Enjoy the show. then you're out somewhere <laughs> every every uh every one out of like 30 days maybe <laughs> unless i'm like out on the road and that type of stuff but um you know things your kids really don't have anything going on right now so it is kind of like <clears throat> early in the year like most of the people i know if they are busy they're busy with something for like march or april even you like most of the things you and i talk about are like march april may at this point Oh yeah, there's and it's so dangerous just to like even tour at this time of year unless you're strictly in Texas or California or Florida and that type of stuff. Yeah, bands can make you know a whole week out of Texas, and that seems I know a lot of bands that seem to like they tour South Texas and like Southwest America is like the one place people tour this time of year heavily. Oh yeah, definitely, man. Even now, well, I like, guess we'll just jump right into it, or what? Yeah, yeah, or man. We'll jump right into it right now. Yeah, we're jump. We're in the midst of it. We're in the midst. Um, we're in the midst of uh, of the podcast. Cool. Let's do it. Yeah. So I'm happy you could come on the show. Like, so you and I have talked about having you on Inside Music for a while now, and my plan was always like, we'll we'll kind of squeeze you in between 
to like bigger episodes when we have a down week. And so admittedly this week you were not like the first guest we chose. Um, the, the plan was to run with Nick Martin from sleeping with sirens because like, uh, we had all these requests to have him on and I know Nick and like we had talked about it and then they had this last minute thing come up and the band was busy doing something. And so yesterday he called me and he was like, Oh man, I can't do the show. Uh, until like Thursday. And I was like, well, I have to have a show for Tuesday. And luckily you like swooped in and saved the day for me. So thank you. Yeah. Well, nice, man. I'm glad that uh, <laughs> I was able to kind of fill in here. Um, that's cool that you're going to have uh, Nick on the show. That's awesome. Yeah, dude. I, I'm like an, a, a longtime Nick Martin fan. Like I discovered him when he was working with Shiotos, but then I fell in love with Underminded. And that's like my, like the one thing of his I truly love. And then I, I kind of respect everything else. I'm not the world's biggest Sleeping with Sirens fan. But I, I enjoy what they do. They're just not like what I would listen to on my free time. Yeah, yeah. He's always nice to my friends in Danger Kids. He's always coming out to support whenever they're in uh, San Diego. So it's fun. Yeah, so let's let's start with the basics because uh, sometimes people come on the show and I have a feeling that like uh, at least some of the people know know who they are and where they come from. But you're still kind of getting your name out there in the industry, which is why I thought you'd be fun yeah. to come on the show. So other than like the name Jan Powers, like where are you located? And you know, like what what is it that you do, Jan? Give the people a little introduction to who you are. Well, I'm an artist manager based in Iowa. Um, I manage. Um, quite a few recording artists and a videographer named Vince Lumby. And um, right now I'm kind of focused on getting all my artists, uh, you know, through these artist development stages where people give a damn about their music. And, um, you know, it's uh, always developing one fan at a time and that type of stuff, that type of mantra. But, um, you know, this is the biggest year thus far for every single one of my bands. It's either put up or shut up for everybody, you know. That's kind of where I'm at with uh, my band. Now, coincidentally, you're the, you're the second person to be on the show in about a month that lives in Iowa. We just had the guys from Fixed Records on the show. They're, they have an office in Iowa. Uh, so this is kind of interesting because I don't think a lot of people think of Iowa as a place where the music industry kind of thrives. But there's we've, we've given at least two examples now to listeners, <laughs> thanks to you. So yeah. is, is, yeah, Iowa, is Iowa... The thing we got is Slipknot, man. Yeah. Like, I think that yeah, we have Slipknot... And then, you know, uh, if Johnny Carson was born here, so those are the only two things I really rep in here. Um, <laughs> you know, are you, uh, are you an able as a wrestler? I don't, no, know. True. I don't know. Never mind. Are you an Iowa native? Um, you know, I was born in South Korea. Um, and then I was adopted when I was, uh, you know, a baby, you know, maybe like six months, but I've lived here my whole life. You know, I've lived in other places like throughout the United States. But, um, you know, this is kind of where I'm from, and it's a little bit easier for me to live here um, when I'm not on tour, um, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, first things first with Iowa, it costs a lot less to live there than New York City or Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, uh, the downfall of living here is that I don't get to meet anybody new that is working in my, in my industry. Now, it would be different if I were, like, you know, a farmer or, like, you know, someone like that, um, you know, everybody around here does that type of shit. But here it's like, you know, basically I'm focusing on trying to get my entities, which are, you know, the bands that I manage, um, trying to get a great marketing plan for the records that they're putting out and then kind of facilitating that. And my whole thing has always been you need to create something on your own before anybody's going to take notice 
whether it's like fans, industry, whatever it is, um, you know, you have to build it on your own. You can't just expect someone to, you know, help you out because you have great songs. You know, so I feel like I can do a lot of that type of stuff living in Iowa. Although, on the other hand, I would love to move to like, you know, in LA and New York and Nashville, you know, to go ahead and make sure that, uh, you know, my network of people is always growing and um, that type of deal. So let's let's take it to the beginning of your journey in music. Like when did where does this interest in the business side of music come from? When did you first get into music in the first place? What what are the basics for your relationship with the music industry? All right. Well, you know, I've always loved um, you know, uh music and that type of stuff, but it's never it was never like I want to be an artist manager. It was never that. It's not where it started. Um I had a clothing company for a little bit, like just T-shirts and graphic designs, and I would send, you know, shirts out to bands that I saw that were unsigned. They were cool bands, like um, some of them was like, uh, you know, the Somerset, the Main, uh, Go Radio, all these bands that were unsigned at the time. I would just send shirts out to, and um, they'd go ahead and like I ended up losing eight thousand uh, dollars of startup money, and I was like, you know, fuck this, I'm not going to do a fucking T-shirt company. And so I, I did that for a little bit, but then I ended up starting working for the bands that I would send shirts out to. The first band I ever toured with was a Victory Records band called The Scenic um, from Philadelphia. And I went and ended up, went ahead and merged for those guys, sold merch for a band called Sparks to Rescue, um, and then kind of uh, started developing, you know, uh, kind of your seasoned road warrior type of atmosphere where I would start tour managing for, um, you know, unsigned bands and that type of stuff. And which led me to having a band ask me to to manage them, and they were from uh, Sweden. So they, I, the weird thing is, is that like I was like, you know, you guys sound great. You sound like this band called Brighton, and um, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and manage you, but I'm not sure exactly what what to do here. I've never managed a band before, and they're like, we we would just love to have someone helping us out in the states. So that's kind of what I started managing bands, and then. Long story short, I think I've gone through about 20, 25 artists, and now I have a roster of nine, um, nine artists and uh, a videographer. But, you know, one one thing that is true um, since I've started managing bands is a lot of people are not cut out to be in uh, bands, even if they write great songs. Because there's a lot of work that goes into, uh, you know, being a successful artist that makes that makes money, there's a lot of things that go in into that that a lot of people just don't want to do. They're, they're too fucking lazy. So. No, I I want to get into that a bit because I know that you you have a lot of firsthand experience with bands that are you know kind of just start not necessarily just starting out, but are at that point where it's kind of make it break it with whatever they do next, and that's kind of what you kind of specialize in helping artists do is trying to figure out how to get over that first initial hump in the road, so to say. Uh, and I want to get there. I want to get there, but I want to know a little bit more about Jan Powers first. So let's talk about you getting into the music business. Like when you started to become a road warrior and stuff. Like how how were your parents? How how did people react to you know this interest to get out of Iowa and you know kind of go into this risky world of music business? Sure. I mean they were they were more supportive of me getting getting uh, out there and you know doing my thing. Um, and they were like, hey, if this is what makes you happy, great good for you um but eventually they started saying like what the hell man you're uh you're just out there um you know with these bands and you know i'm sure it's a great time seeing seeing the country but you're not making any money what are you doing you know so 
you know, eventually I did come home for a little bit and work, uh, work a job and that type of stuff. But ultimately the, the calling kept, you know, kept coming back. Hey man, you got to work it with bands. You got to, you got to get out there and see, um, you know, firsthand things. And, um, you know, I've been on, I've been on some really cool tours and I've been on some really shitty tours, but ultimately, um, it's the ones who make it through, um, all of the shitty things and all of the, you know, things that may not be making you money to get to that next point in, in where you can, uh, you know, use that as motivation to get to that next step in your life. So, um, you know, it's something that's always called out to me. Um, and you know, I'm still doing it. So, yeah. Well, I guess to... I don't really know how to answer, to, to lead forward with that. You know? <laughs> oh no, you're fine, man. It's good to know that they support you. That's really what I was curious about. Now, when it comes to kind of focusing in on artist management, like what is it about this field that really you know kind of attracts you to it, and what has kind of kept you there? Because I know that you've dabbled in other elements of the business, and you've seen other jobs that people kind of make into careers. So, what is it about this specific area, and even more specific than just artist management, but the type of artist that you choose to work with? Like, how how did you kind of find your niche, and what is it that keeps you kind? Of glued there you know i i love building things from the ground up i love taking things um with with the bands that i manage we're all as like you know we've they've all been bands for a couple of years now and um you know they they do all right they write some awesome songs um but where are we we need to start out and um you know focus on the things in front of us like our hometown and that type of stuff but the reason I like doing, um, you know, start from scratch type of projects is because ultimately I want to help all these people achieve their dreams. It makes me feel great when we hit that mile marker down the road that we can see um, that helps us get to that long-term goal. And, you know, I think that all of the bands that I manage, I know for a fact that are going to be, you know, your quote, quote, power players here in the next couple of years. It just takes you know, that not giving up part when times are fucking hard. And I think that we're getting through that. And like I said earlier, you know, this is a, this is a make or break year for all of my bands. You either going to do this successfully at a high level, or you, maybe we need to rethink, you know, um, you know, why you're in a band, you know, or even if it's like, you know, and that's not a bad thing to say, man, like I gave it a shot and I'm just going to, not do this because I'm not cut out for all the work that is involved that needs to be done, you know, to go to your proverbial next level when you, um, you know, when you're this size of a band, when, you know, you have a fair amount of people that enjoy your music, but you have a low amount of people that actually, you know, uh, purchase CDs or tickets or merchandise or come see you on a show, you know, that type of stuff. Um, so now this is the year of us building, building up those things and making sure that we take the right steps, um, for 2017 to look great. And, you know, it's only the beginning of 2016, but you, you have to think that far out ahead, you know, even farther. What's the five year plan? Where do you want to be, you know, in 10 years? So that's the kind of questions that I ask myself and, uh, the rest of my artists every day. So. Now, it's kind of learning the ropes of artist management. I know how you kind of described this first band coming to you and being like, we need someone to kind of help us in the United States, which is kind of a very light form of management. So how did you, I don't know, initially like learn the ropes of the business? Like, did you pick up books? Were you kind of following after someone you admired? Like, how do you kind of, you know, cut your teeth in the industry, so to say? 
Um, you know, at the beginning, I kind of just winged it. I didn't really know what the hell I was doing. I really didn't dive into any books or anything like that until actually just recently. But, um, you know, I just started thinking, like, what what would a manager do with a band that no one knows about? Okay, well, ultimately, the only thing that we need to do is create some type of fan base or some type of awareness. Um, and they're, they're, they're from, uh, they're from Sweden, like I was saying, so it's like kind of a harder example to use, but let's just take, um, you know, some of my, uh, bands currently, you know, so like, let's say like the weekend classic or before the streetlights, whatever. Right now we're trying to just develop a fan base. And that is my, my main focus as a manager. Once we start developing those type of things and we start branching out and we start actually pulling hundreds of people in each city and in, in the small clubs that they would play. You know, then we start start to think about other things that we can do. But right now, the number one thing that I can do as a manager is help them create the best music, present it perfectly, you know, identify who the fuck is going to listen to us, go there with touring and help with, um, you know, shows being better with List Deep, having, you know, a little bit of radio play and uh, basically focusing on online promotion as well. But those type of things are just to generate the people that may become purchasers of their product, which is music and merchandise and a live show and all that type of deal. But right now we're just trying to get their name out there so they can, um, you know, have some type of awareness that these bands exist. There are tons and tons of bands out there and 99% of them fucking suck. They're terrible. And like, you know, I wish there was some easier way to deter all these people from making music because it's making bands that are good but unsigned and unknown, it's making it really fucking hard for them to go ahead and approach the casual listener because the casual listener is like, you know, I've been approached by hundreds of bands that are unsigned that I don't know, and they're absolutely fucking terrible. They're horrible. And I don't want to listen to you now because I don't know who you are. I've never heard of you before. So it's trying, it's trying to break through that static that is going on. Um, and also, you know, there's also gigantic artists that are competing at the, like the biggest levels of the industry. And the casual listener wants to listen to something that's familiar and known to them. So also it's trying to stand out amongst those types of crowds. Um, so it's basically just trying to find out, you know, help the bands find out who they are, create the best songs and present it well and see where that goes. Making fans big, that type of stuff. You know, you touched on something a second ago that I wanted to get to, so it's a good time to go there, is that there are a ton of bands out right now. You know, coming from a world where I've been running a blog for like a better part of a decade now, I, not a day goes by that I don't get at least 10 to 20 emails from bands with or without representation that are like really well-designed pitches that look like they have high-quality videos and high-quality music, and I have no idea who they are or why I should care. There's just, there's just way too much there's not never enough time to listen to it all so as an artist manager who i know like it gets real involved in the process of finding new acts to work with let's take a band like before the streetlights or the weekend classic how do you find bands like this and like what makes you reach out to a band versus maybe enjoying what they have here but not wanting to work with them a lot of the times in the past so when i found before the streetlights it was through the Weekend Classic. I I found the Weekend Classic on like a Battle of the Bands page for Warp, and I I listened to every single band um, that was in the in that battle, and I just listened to stuff that I thought could possibly have potential in the future. 
And, um, you know, I found them and the band, uh, a couple other bands I currently don't work with right now, but whatever. And um, I just listen to them. And then I, you know, I reach out to them. I'm like, hey, what's going on, you know, with your music? What are you looking to do? And a lot of the times I, I won't see any response. So whatever, man, like I reached out to you. You didn't reach out back. We can classic. We're like, hey, man, we would love to work with you. A couple of them, you know, still in high school. So we were like, all right, let's wait until you're out of high school. Let's wait until, you know, you make the decisions to go to college or whatever. None of them did, which is cool, but whatever. Um, and then I kind of just feel it out. I, I mean, like, I have to like them as people, and I have to know that they really want to do um, the band thing. It's not kind of like a project that they do just for fun or, like, um, you know, they do just, uh, you know, pass the time in, in where they live. But most of the time, I have to I have to like them as people because, obviously, I'm not going to work with somebody whose songs are terrible and that I don't enjoy. So that's usually a given. Like, I have to like, like their music. But... You know, I have, you know, a lot of the bands that I work with are the ones that have kind of stuck around um, through kind of thick and thin. Um, a lot of them I've worked with for over a year and a half. I think we're going to be hit about uh, the two-year mark with the Weekend Classic here in um, in April. So that's fun because I found those guys when they, um, you know, were absolutely just some kids in the garage. And um, so that was really fun. But ultimately, I search those type of places. I look on Bandcamp for bands. Um, I look at SoundCloud, you know, I ask for recommendations um, from my friends, who are you listening to? I look at who's opening these the certain clubs, like in the United States, like, you know, whatever. If I have, if I have, uh, you know, a friend's band recommend that they want to play with this other band, you know, maybe I'll look and see, like, kind of like uh, what we can do together. But usually now that I have, you know, I think uh, enough bands to work with, I think that even this many, some people would be like, what? your workload is enormous. I don't see how you're doing that. But, um, you know, my whole thing is, is that I, I have a, I have a really good sense of, uh, organization and I'm able to, you know, be the kind of the CEO for each one of these bands. And some bands are a little bit more committed than others, so to speak, but, um, you know, that type of stuff, but it's all, it's always all about, you know, feeling them out to see if this is going to actually work in the long term. Because I was told by a manager before in the past that clients will come and go. You as a manager are going to be your worth with your expertise and your, um, you know, your longevity of being successful. So right now I'm probably like, uh, probably like, you know, hey, that guy does the artist management thing. That's cool for him. But until I can break a band, I, I don't think that, uh, you know, many people are going to be like, that guy's a fucking awesome manager. You know what I mean? So this is a year for me where it's time for me to go ahead and like help all these bands um, get to that point where we can, we can break through to that other side, that proverbial other side of the fence, you know? Definitely. So for a project like the weekend classic where they have real high quality music, they have high production values on their music videos. They play a decent amount of shows what do you look like in 2016? What are you looking to do for a band like that to take them to the next level? Like, how do you get from having, I guess, what a lot of people would say are the essential components, good music, good media, good, you know, messaging. How do you take that and get to what is the next level for a band like that? That's that's having um, see if it were just up to me and I were just facing and like that would be the end all. It would be them to tour every fucking day that's possible for them. 
And for them to move the fuck away from Madison, Indiana, there is not going to be a hometown fan base in that in that part of the woods. I don't give a fuck. Like, if you're the best band in the world, you live in fucking Madison, Indiana. There's not a music scene there. So I would A, have them move, and B, have them tour their fucking asses off um, anywhere they possibly can go. That's Their their style of music is the one that they can, they'll be road warriors, and that's how they're going to gain respect from fans in that genre. That's how they're going to gain respect from bands in that genre. And uh, hopefully if we don't, if we don't tour stupid, you know, we set things up right and we promote properly and, you know, we, we package with other bands that are their friends out of state and that type of shit, um, you know, that they start pulling their weight and drawing some fucking kids, you know, get getting better lives. So now it's, um, that would be how you'd break someone in, in that, in that area, because, uh, you know, there's not much that you can do. Other than that, minus going to like a great producer, which um, our plans are, we're gonna go to you know Seth Henderson here. Um, we're looking at around April, May, something like that. But that's the next step, you know. You tour your fucking ass off. You get in the room with a great fucking producer who knows what they're fucking doing, um, and then you know you write great songs. And I think that you know if you keep at it, then ultimately, you know you're gonna outlast your competition. You know, that's, that's kind of where I look at things is that, you know, longevity is your key. If you keep doing things at a higher and higher level, everyone else is going to give the fuck up because it's really fucking hard to be in a band that's successful from the ground up. You know, you have, you have to spend probably, I would say, five to ten years at the lower levels trying to make things work um, for you to actually find your, your break, so to speak. Oh, good advice all around. Now, uh, for as you as a manager, how aside from just the band is playing more shows, but in, in terms of like big picture, how will you measure success this year? Like, let's say you know when we get to June, when we get to June, July, how will you look back at the first half of the year and measure the success of your various artists and campaigns? How do you personally measure that? How much more money are we making? That's pretty much it. Like, if we're not selling more CDs, if we're not selling more tickets not selling more merch, you know, if we're not selling more songs online, you know, then we're, then we're not succeeding. It's like any other, any other business, you know, if you're, if you're in a hot dog stand and, you know, you don't sell any fucking hot dogs, well, you're going to go out of fucking business. You know, it's a little different with like bands and stuff because they can obviously keep trudging on and keep throwing money into, into things because they, they work really hard and they want it to be success. But, Ultimately, like if we're not if we're not doing better sales wise by like let's say the end of this year, then you know I think that either a I'm fucking terrible at my job, or b these bands aren't putting in enough, or c a combination of kind of both like where it's like uh you know hey we're we're both just not cut out for this shit this shit but um you know I think that the with the roster that I have. I know for a fact that if we all put in what we need to do, that we'll all be very successful in the future. 
All right, man. Well, well let's uh, let's offer some advice to people listening because I'm sure that once people see Artist Manager and if they recognize the bands you work with, there might be some artists listening to this who have bands they want to get in front of you. So uh, what should artists be doing to find solid representation at like an early level? We Obviously, the band is selling 10,000 copies of each record. They, I mean, you could still help them, but they might be in a different ballpark in terms of like the type of management they could attract. So for an artist that's kind of trying to get over that, make that first couple of big moves, like how can they get an attention of someone like you? You know, um, I, I always seek out bands. I don't think that I represent anybody that has reached out to me. So I always seek bands out. If, if, you, if bands want to reach out to me, great. That's awesome. They can go... Um, to my website, which is janpowersmgmp.com, and they can fucking send me a note with some songs they have, um, and then we can open a conversation. But, you know, um, you got to be doing things at a little bit higher level than anybody else around you, and you got to have great fucking songs. And to me, that's pretty much it. If you have great fucking songs, let's work together. But a lot of other people are like, no, what's your, you know, they're, they don't want to develop anything from the ground floor up. They want to kind of start in the middle where a band is already pulling, you know, 200 to 500 people, maybe a thousand people in their hometown, that type of stuff. And, um, you know, I'm at the point where I, I would love to fucking help anybody that's possibly going to want to want to do the damn thing, but I have to like their songs first, but um, you know, a lot of the time I find the bands myself I, I, by doing my own research. And, you know, at this point in time, I've worked with everybody, you know, longer than, you know, the longest band is uh, two, two and a half years. Shortest band, I think maybe six months or something like that. But I mean, right now I haven't sought, I haven't, speak, I haven't sought out any new, new artists. No, like, so I don't. Um, but if someone's going to want to do, want to find a manager, a manager's going to fucking find you because you're doing cool things. That's going to, that's going to be what happens. I mean, obviously, um, you know, you might reach out to your managers out there that are managing some of your favorite bands, but you're probably not going to hear back from them unless you're absolutely phenomenal, you know, but, um, that's another place to start ma- sending out notes to other managers that you see out there. So, no, but I completely agree with what you're saying there because you made a few good points. One is that it definitely take time, even if you have a lot of things going for you. And two is that, and I've, I've always felt this is true in any aspect of the music business, is that if you're doing the right thing or you're doing something cool enough, the people who can help you take it further will find you because it's kind of how it works in any art form, really. Like, you have to build it on your own. And once you get to a certain point where, you know, it's the cool thing or it's the new thing that people are talking about, then others who are hoping to cash in or otherwise help you develop your career further will kind of come out of the woodwork seeking you. And that, I mean, some might think that sounds kind of sinister in some weird business way, but that's just, that's just how entertainment works. You have to like have a product that people want before someone's going to invest their time and money in helping you, you know, take it further. Yeah, definitely. I think that um, you know, a lot of the people that are seeking out a manager, um, you know, maybe they're not fucking there yet and their songs are terrible and they're terrible live and they don't sell any CDs or tickets or merch or anything like that. Um, but sometimes, you know, their songs are really good or sometimes you hear that potential and then you talk to somebody on the phone or in, in front in person to person and you're like, wow, you fucking really want to fucking do this. And there's no doubt in my mind that, you know, if we can put you in the right places with the right people, 
you know, that you'll develop those songs, you'll develop your identity and how to present them well, and you'll develop, you know, the need to go out there and do this, just like I need to help bands. That's my, like, I wake up every day going like, hey, you know, I need to help these fucking bands get to where they want to be because, you know, a lot of the time when you're, when you're still developing, nobody wants to help you. Nobody wants to fucking step in and do all the fucking dirty work it takes to go from I don't draw anybody to now I'm one of the biggest bands in my hometown to now now at that point, a lot of people want to fucking help you. They see something going on. With you. But moral of the story is you do it on your own until someone comes to you, and if you can't do it on your own, get the fuck out. Go. Leave, leave, leave the business because um, I don't think that you're cut out for it and you're kind of clogging up the, you know, clogging up the pipes for everybody else. They, all these great bands don't have a chance to be heard because of all these other bands ruining the fucking, you know, I guess you could say poisoning the well, you know what I mean? Like people don't want to come get any water. They're fucking already taking a, taking a drink from some other band that's unknown, unsigned, whatever. And they've been horrible. They've ruined the taste of unsigned bands for people, but you know, no, exactly. You're exactly right. Well, let's uh, let's let's talk about what you have on the horizon. Maybe we can help you out a little bit with reaching those goals for this year. So, before the streetlights have an EP that's out now, and I think for this episode, we'll probably use uh, one of their songs as the intro song. So, what are the other artists you're working with right now, and what do they have planned for the immediate horizon? All right. Well, I'll just start from the top, and we'll kind of roll real quick right through. Like uh, you said, before the streetlights have a new record out, it's called Westward. It is absolutely fucking phenomenal. If you're a fan of all-time low, state champs, you know, that type of stuff, you absolutely love it. Um, we're actually putting together an acoustic version of that record to come out later on this year. Look out for that. We're shooting a new music video here by the end of the month. Look out for that. Um, now, the next band on my roster is an artist called Caught Up in a Dream. He's a singer-songwriter um, from New York State. That guy's kind of laying low right now, writing some new songs. I want him to come back and do a record um, produced by Ace Enders. Um, that's kind of the plan for us right now. He's just saving up, you know, to fucking do the record. Um, so we have another band from uh, Nashville called Forever and Never. They are fucking phenomenal. Um, if you like, you know, the Deftones or, um, you know, the Amorosa or somebody like that, um, or even the new Bring Me the Horizon record, if you like that shit, You'll love forever and never. Um, we're just about halfway done through mixes on a new EP. So that should be out, you know, here in the first, second quarter of the year. Um, a band from Cleveland that I manage is called The Promise Hero. He signed a TDR record. Um, and right now he's just going through the songwriting thing, too. He's actually um, going to be working on the Hawthorne Heights Mess Atari's tour. He's, he's doing a lot of work in on tour um, and that type of stuff to kind of develop his, you know, his network of people. But... We're looking to kind of do uh, some great things here um, with some new songs. There's a band called Rival Tides from Los Angeles that I manage. We're putting out a new record uh, real soon called New Rituals. Um, it's got a great lead-in music video we'll be putting out uh, at some point here in the first quarter of the year. Um, I'm really excited for that. They're fucking so good. Um, if you're fans of, like, I the Mighty, Hands Like Houses, you know, that type of shit, you'll love Rival Tides. State of Power from Orlando, Florida. Um, we were actually working on their record right now. It's called Animal. Um, they're going through some uh, things internally that we'll, that we'll settle um, offline and that type of stuff. And uh, we'll kind of see where we're at here um, in the next couple of months 
who might be focusing on just kind of being a studio thing, but I, I, you know, only time will tell. Um, there's a band called Visionaries that are from Cleveland. They're changing their name. They got they just recorded a full length record, so we'll see some more movement there. Right now, I'm gonna kind of keep that under wraps. The Weekend Classic. Um, they're from Madison, Indiana, and they will be putting out a new record um, called Forever Is Irrelevant. Um, that will be really cool. We've got a music video coming out on February 1st. Look out for that. And then um, for my videographer, Vince Lundy, he's in Cleveland. If you ever need great fucking videos, great music videos, fucking get a hold of me. You know, let's do that. And Or you can get a hold of Vince at VinceLundy.com. Um, and, you know, that guy's fucking killing the game. He's he's uh, one of the most underrated videographers that, um, you know, and that's me, that's me representing him, you know, that type of stuff. But, dude, the fucking guy does like 90% of my video work. There's nobody else that I can blindly trust in out there to like do a great job for video than uh, than Vince. So I think that it's really cool. Um, you know, he launched a wedding company uh, last year, and now he's booked up. I think he's got like 35 weddings to do over the summer. So, but um, you know, if you want a music video done or a wedding done, let me know. And we'll, we'll, we'll link up. But other than that, you know, I'm still like I said looking for new artists. I would love to work with. Uh, you know. Um, some artists from like the the northeast, maybe the north uh, northwest. I'm looking for bands in Chicago and Texas, and like the reason that I manage so many bands and I'm trying to set things up kind of like regionally and by location is because if we can all succeed, then it will be very easy to slip other bands in across the country, and it will be very easy to use established working relationships help these other bands come to places they may not have been before. So that's kind of what I, you know, why I manage so many bands and in so many various different places. So if we can win in one city, we can easily win in another and make sure that we now we're set up strategically throughout the United States. But other than that, I mean, that's kind of what I'm working on. Here we go. 2016. We're, uh, we're, we're about a month deep. And I think that, um, you know, I think a lot of my bands are, I think we'll start not up on a great foot. So. Well, that's good to hear, man. You've got a lot going on and I'm, uh, I'm happy that we could kind of talk about it a little bit today. Thanks for taking a little bit of time to talk to me about everything. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, I think that what you guys are doing, um, you know, is great. I love, uh, listening to new podcasts. So, I <laughs> mean, um, you know, I'll put, I'll put you guys on my, uh, my podcast on my iTunes and stuff like that. So where can people we'll go ahead uh, and do that? Where can people find everything Jan powers related online? Um, you know, you can just go to my website at J A N P O W E R S M G M P dot com. Um, it's got all my bands on there. Um, you know, and a uh, link to, uh, self titled management, which is Johnny Minardi's company. I'm an intern over there. I'm kind of, so if any unsigned bands are looking to uh, record with some great producers, hit me up. We'll kind of work that out. <laughs> and, um, and that's pretty much it, dude. I manage, I manage a ton of cool bands and uh, intern with, for Johnny. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. I think that 2016 could be, um, you know, could lead me in a few other directions. But as of right now, I want to kind of keep those kind of things under wraps and I'll, I'll launch them and we'll, we'll see some, we'll see the light of day here in uh, you know, next couple of months. All right, man. Sounds great. We have to tell Johnny he has to come on the show cause he's a great guy and we got to get his story on here. Yeah. Hell yeah. Let's do that. That'd be great. He's a, 
Honestly, he's uh, he's one of the dudes um, that everybody I talk to says that guy is the greatest dude. Like he's such a great guy, and um, you know it's always nice to work with someone who has that type of reputation. So, thanks. well, well, yeah, man. I wish you all the best and everything. Thanks again for being on the show. And yeah, you and I will talk soon. But people reach out to Jan on Twitter and everything else, and be his friend and uh, check out his bands. They're great. All right. Well, take care, James. Have a nice day. All right. I'll talk to you soon, man. Have a good one.